0: We have nothing in common. So the only thing in common, we have the little chit chat that my seventh grader came home with. Hello. Welcome to Hi, Mom, Let's Talk. This is
1: our mom and daughter podcast. I'm Ingrid. I'm the daughter. I live in New York. And I'm Vicki, the mom. I live in Los Angeles. We're figuring out life from opposite coasts. Doing our best to cultivate a raw and transparent relationship that is also generous and
0: safe. So, Mom, let's talk. Hi, Mom. Hi, Ingrid. Let's talk about gossip this time In the
1: mom circles. Dun dun dun. I feel like I might say that every time. Uh, That's because it's always an ominous topic.
0: (laughs) I don't think you say it every time. We have said it before. But that's the point, is to kind of talk about hard topics.
1: It makes a little shiver run down my spine.
0: (laughs) Again, proof we should
1: talk about it. Gossip in the PTA mom judgment. Yeah, that can be, um, yeah, definitely. I'm moving out of it now. With a third child graduating from high school. But you've been in
0: it for 24
1: years. Well, yes. Or more if
0: you want to accumulate it.
1: Yes. And it was so interesting. We were finally able to go to a soccer match of the girls' soccer team in person. And it was... At my sister's high school? Yeah. It was parent. It was like... uh, Yeah. it It was parent night. And so one of... Your sister's friends invited um, us to come, and like all those those mom evaluations flew up that I haven't mm. had to think about in the past year. But I right. also thought about how detached I have been, and, and how little actually I know the moms well in your sister's grade. Definitely, I was most involved in your classes from preschool all the way through college because you're the first so you get the benefit of the most attention for good or for bad Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) well yeah we we ended up kind of concluding last week that a lot of the way that you interacted with me in like gossip in my own life Mm -hmm. had to do with the ways that you were sort of informed by the parents of the kids around me which mm-hmm. I hadn't expected.
1: Mm-hmm. We talked
0: about, like, walking into to open houses and, like, pretty quickly understanding how these girls, per- perhaps, that I had mentioned in passing, interacted with the world based on seeing their parents interact with each other. Yeah. And so I think that's really fascinating. I mean, we've, like, we, like almost touched on it because of that. Mm-hmm. But today we're going to go, like, far more in-depth. Do you have any, like, immediate stories or immediate advice that comes to mind about like this is something that you need to know that is a reality good
1: or bad about gossip you know what comes to mind is actually not about us it's about when i was in school grade school junior high high school i used to watch little house on on the prairie yes which is actually not too close to the books but the the main plot line that was constant in The Little House on the Prairie was the antagonism between Laura and Nellie. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, I have such vivid pictures of the blonde, perfect curls of Nellie. Yes. And she's the store owner's daughter and her mom, whose name I don't remember. Me neither. But her mom and Caroline, Laura's mom, were constantly at odds with each other and like saying things under their breath. And you, you heard about it. And then it trickled down to their daughters.
0: Well, see, that's the question. Did it trickle down to their daughters? Or did the moms start not to like each other because they knew that their kids were being mean to each other?
1: Did it trickle up?
0: <laughs> it did. I, I, yeah. I guess as a kid, I maybe this is just a kid's perspective, I always thought it trickled up. I always thought it was ma- like, having prejudice against the person raising Nellie to be such a terrible person.
1: Well, it's so interesting. When did they first meet? You know, it's the way it's depicted. It's hard to tell. Did they? Did the girls meet in school or did the moms meet at the store? At the store. And I don't know where they first met. You're right. It, they. The way it's depicted, they probably met at school and then... The moms met. I also think of Anne of Green Gables and Marilla because that's like a mother daughter sort Mm -hmm. of story. And Marilla has her incidents where she's mad at the like Diana's mom for exactly not accepting her daughter. And then she finds she finds her defensiveness for Anne, which she didn't used to have. She was often more critical of Anne until she needed to defend her towards a person that had something negative to say about her.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really important part of it. One of the two ways we talked about how gossip works between a mom and a daughter last week is that mom gets like lots of the mama bear instinct pulled in as soon as her daughter of course has been hurt even Mm -hmm. if that's emotionally, Mm -hmm. which is definitely what happens to Marilla there. And she kind of, like, learns that she loves Anne the Mm -hmm. more she finds herself getting defensive on Anne's behalf. Mm -hmm. So it's possible that the way that, like, gossip and dissension ends up seeping into the relationships between parents all through these years that you end up going— living around each other because your kids are growing up together Mm -hmm. kind of has that seed. Like, there's, like, a two-story here where you— are in a group, a room of adults, and if all of you adults were at a function that was entirely Mm adult-related, you wouldn't get along with everyone, but you might get along with, like, different people, or there might only be a few people that you're like, I don't really jive with you, or I don't really respect you. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's, like, heightened when you get into a space where you're not just talking about adults, you're all talking on adults on behalf of the kids that you care most about?
1: Definitely it's heightened. Well, I, I always think of the the Proverbs verse of, of of the she bear with her cubs, you know, like oh, how she's yeah. so, it's like, you can't, you can't fight against a mama bear with her cubs, which is, we read in, read, read in Proverbs, but I'm trying to think now of different friends, so there's a mom in my life who I really value, and I prayed with for years when you were in high school, and... I just admire her so much. She's so wise, so articulate, and yeah. a prayerful, faithful person. And yet, she her daughter is one of the people you had friction with, which we talked about the last mm. podcast. And so that was interesting for me to kind of assimilate. I didn't know her when you were little and had a difficult time with her. But it would have been hard for me to, <laughs> to understand. It would have been hard for me to say, oh, this, this child is being unkind to my daughter and maybe gossipy, and, and yet I like this mom so much. But I think it was easier for me to see, like, if you had difficulty with people, it was easier for me to have a bias against the moms when I would come into their midst. I would have that quick filter, and so I had to work. I had to work to get to know the moms, and and it's at the open house nights when everybody comes and you hear the teacher speak about the school, and you see how people interact with each other, and who's social, and who's kind of standing off to the side, and who looks like the gatherer, who has a bunch of people around them, all those kinds of things. I'm quickly making categorizing and filtering and into my mind. And then it's interesting, you know, when you're in elementary school, sometimes we go on field trips together and and then you get to know the moms in a new way. And hearing what they talk about, hearing, you know, whether they're negative or they talk about other students or not is interesting. But I will say I was definitely susceptible to The gossip, if a mom would start to talk about another mom or another child, is so easy to get swept away with that because everybody has their evaluations and their assessments or judgments about other people. And it is so easy to get swept into that, which is definitely not very helpful,
0: (laughs) But it's real. I mean, that's true for everyone. I think one of the truest pillars about gossip is that it, it is effective in bringing people together. It's just that it's effective in bringing a small group of people together against someone else. Yeah. So it's not sustainable and it's not very kind. But like it is in the moment, like it's powerful in doing that.
1: You know, it it makes me wonder about like, what is it in in our personalities, in our DNA that makes us enjoy having a common enemy? What is it that's unifying about having a common enemy? It seems to be the way people act, but we are it's if we can have an out external enemy, it's much easier to unify and overlook our little differences if we find an enemy that's bigger. I there must be some psychology about that that I don't know about yet. <laughs> there must
0: be yeah, because it's, I mean, it's entirely true. As true as humanity itself. That it's easier to yeah. have a common enemy. I'm, like, quickly drawing connections between the heart behind or possibly just, like, the vocalized heart behind those conversations with his moms with, like, the bless her heart conversations in a church room <laughs> yeah i'm concerned for her this is for her own good i must tell you all about her mhm which is like so backhanded and it's really tricky to come to a space that you like you know where you really are saying something for the edification of the person not there like most of the time it is just gossip but it's couched in such a way that that it feels like it has to do with a betterment of society, and I'm sure like that's like that's like must be consistently what happens in parenting. You're always getting and probably inadvertently giving unsolicited parenting advice based on what you see from the children on the playground, mm-hmm. regardless of the context you might or might not have of them.
1: Yeah. Right. And, and it's, it's so much easier to make the sweeping comments rather than like the nuance. um, Oh, that, that, that boy is so mean, versus maybe he was hungry that day, maybe he feels so insecure that he was unkind to the boy next to him. It's, you know, (laughs) etc. It's much easier to make those kinds of sweeping comments. And, to like flatten a whole bunch of people
0: so did you have like strategies when you went into pta meetings or like the girl scout communities or i don't know did you did you sort of prepare yourself when it came to i know that those those moms are going to be there and i don't love them definitely how are we going to interact
1: oh yeah i had i always had to bolster myself up because i am an introvert and so i'd be like had to like turn on my okay, I'm putting on my extrovert socializing hat. Some people are easier to be around because they're, they are social, but they are either easily include anybody. And then there's the people that are already kind of included on their inner circle, but actually aren't that social, that those, those people are, are harder to be around. They're harder to connect with. Where I might really connect with them. But because they are not equally not so social, it's hard to connect with them. So over the years, I really developed. I mean, there's times when I like went overboard and and totally just dove into the gossip pool. (laughs) I don't. I look back and go, Oh, that was an ugly parenting moment. But definitely there I can't place the exact I believe it is a Proverbs, but it might be a psalm that talks about not letting any unkind word depart from my mouth. Let them, let me not taste of but their. Only delicacies. the meditation of your heart, oh Lord. Well, that Dr. that's Psalm nineteen, but no, it's the beginning of a, a psalm. I can picture it, you know, in my Bible. but Yes, leave <laughs> me right now. But just about, go through Proverbs; you'll be better for it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like you the whole concept of let me not taste of their delicacies because then oh. then i get sw- swept away and it's kind of the same concept you know when you eat something sweet it's hard to stop eating something sweet because those little sweet taste buds are ignited and <laughs> Come on, yeah. keep eating. Uh, you're not yeah. full. It doesn't we ignore that stomachache, right? <laughs> so, yeah, when I get swept away with that, so like before I would go into a, set, a setting, I would think about okay, who's likely to be there, and often it was the same moms that had margin in their schedules maybe they were also they didn't work as much they worked part time or they were stay as what people call stay at home moms which mm-hmm. is kind of when i you guys were little was fairly derogatory <laughs> But it's just a situation of life that we were seeing at home. So the moms that would sign up to volunteer to participate, and you guys went to schools where participation hours were required or you would get charged. So I was usually the one to participate in those things. By the time you're second sister, the third our third child came along, I kinda got wise and I was like, you know what? My husband can do some of these volunteer hours and he actually oh, would like some of these field goodness. trips. Yeah. So that was pretty funny. But I would see the same moms on a lot of field trips at a lot of parent hours and coming there usually was once a month PTA kind of meetings we would be at together and those are kind of interesting because there's definitely the people that are easy to talk to and then there's definitely the people that are, wouldn't be easy to talk to unless they were just talking about some kind of a gossipy thing. So,
0: Okay, that's really interesting. I didn't know you were going to go there in that sentence. There were people that you didn't know how to talk to if it wasn't about gossip. Like we have nothing in common, so the only thing in common we have that the person. little chit chat <laughs> that my seventh grader came home with.
1: Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. What are they doing? Oh, you guys are getting ready for the eighth grade dance, or who's going you know with like who, who uh, definitely, or um who's making the cheerleader squad, or yeah. things like that. So yeah. It's, it's, it, it is easier to, I mean, you, everybody's trying to find common ground to talk about. And definitely when you're at a school setting, it's easier to talk about your kids. <laughs> Which, and that's the thing is like,
0: that can't be like off limits. Like that's, is mm-hmm. the point. Right, right, right. But, but like, where is that line? And I'm. If you were to go back and, like, be very conscientious about not gossiping, Mm -hmm. is there a way to have talked to those moms?
1: Or would you have tried to just avoid them entirely? The path of least resistance definitely would be avoiding. (laughs) (laughs) But, no, I did try to find things to talk about, and I did make concerted efforts to talk about positive things. You You know, kind of like, when I was growing up, I heard, you know, we never in conversation talk about the politics or mm. religion. Just stick to the to the weather, you know, weather and your health. Well, it's interesting. Even health can you can talk about your personal health, but you have to be yeah, 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 yeah. careful about that too. Actually, that's true. So I
0: was mostly quoting My Fair Lady, but yes,
1: yeah, the um, definitely you can always talk about the weather. <laughs> So there would be some common things that I would talk about, or I, I would really actively think of what is something positive I could say here. It was yeah. interesting when I worked as a teacher's aide in the elementary school, and I got to know the parents a little bit from the teacher's perspective. <laughs> yeah. And um, I got to know the teachers in their work setting And hear how the other aides, what the other aides thought about working about them. What's hard at first, you know, it's so easy to like slip into the criticism. And we had one teacher's aide that would get so frustrated at the other teachers that would who would leave the the teacher workroom messy. Yeah. Because she Mm. was really organized and she's the one that organized it. And then teachers would bluster in there and leave it messy. And then she would have nothing positive to say about them. Mm -hmm. And she had she had such big signs everywhere of how to label and there is a way to exist in the world where you can lament about something, Mm. but not complain and point fingers and be angry. So I would try to get to the point where I was free to lament without like pointing fingers all the time. Uh, But yeah, it was it was hard. If I had a point of view on a teacher that I saw in the classroom all the time, and I didn't really Mm -hmm. like the way she spoke to the kids, that was hard for me. And it was hard for me not to keep my mouth shut about that and keep talking about that kind of thing. Right.
0: Well, yeah, it's less benign than a lot of things that you might be annoyed by. Like, it makes sense to have a deep opinion about the way that a teacher is raising this generation of kids.
1: Yeah, I had a really strong opinion, especially with regard to sarcasm, because I worked in a Mm. first grade classroom and these little innocent minds come in and they hear the tone of the teacher every day that is sarcastic. And I just remember one teacher when I worked in first grade... I thought, well, she would be a better fifth grade teacher when, uh. when the kids have thicker skin. and They yeah, heard, yeah, yeah. had more years of, of uh, teaching and the sarcasm and condescension I hear in her voice. I'm really sensitive to. And so she was a nice, friendly person outside the classroom. But I had a lot of difficulty with the way she taught the first grade. So that's not like so much. Gossip. I I had to be careful, you know, who I said things like
0: that. Is like a really that's a really valid feeling Mm -hmm. and like opinion. But the question of how is it? How do you externalize it in the world? I think it's really poignant when you said about the difference between lamenting and complaining and Mm. lament is important and necessary, but does have to be done in a safe space in a trusted environment mm-hmm. versus the complaining.
1: Yeah. Did
0: you ever have or did one of one of us as, as kids ever have a friend who you whose mom you didn't like? Or you're like, ugh, now they're best friends, I gotta see this person all the time.
1: Yeah. I'm tra- I'm, I'm going through the list in my mind of different friend groups you've had over the years. Definitely there were people in your friend groups and in your sister friend groups whose mom I didn't like or I didn't understand or I'm mm. kind of like you had a friend in junior high whose mom was in trouble. And I mean, you, know, you asked me into the midst and when you get invited into your child's life and world, <laughs> that's like, like, whoa, that is a, kind, that can be a recipe for a problem because. Oh, OK. Because I got, you know, I felt so honored and included and like esteemed to be invited into the midst of this situation. And then you're, you just, again, it's kind of like the sugar thing. You could be like, oh, tell me all about your problem. I can help you, you know, and Mm -hmm. where, whereas flying up a little higher, taking a little bit of perspective, recognizing that this is a girl that's having a difficulty in life, but she has a dad, too, who was at the house, you know, when we came over and visited. And I don't know what the full story is with her mom. We heard one story, but there might have been another story. (laughs) So I would say what I've learned over the years is getting into the weeds of the relationships Mm. and things is not very healthy. Mm. You had a third grade teacher who said said it best. When we went to parent night, she said, I won't believe everything your child tells me about you if you don't believe everything your child tells me about me. Yeah. Yeah. Like,
0: let's just recognize that these are eight-year-olds.
1: Right, (laughs) right. And they have emotions and they have opinions and they might have gotten their recess taken away. (laughs) Right. Who knows? So just like that little bit of nuance right there, introducing like, you know, kids tell stories and sometimes they're exaggerations. Sometimes they're an alligator story or a fish story that grows. And sometimes, Mm -hmm. yeah, so be careful. So that actually was some of the best advice and instruction i got to be careful wow. about you know my child might say this i might hear this from my child's friend i don't know the whole situation right. so to hold my tongue and be careful what i say and the, i think going back to the laura ingalls uh, the TV show you know Caroline was excellent at holding her tongue and usually yes. by the end of the episode there was a beautiful resolution and she was usually the kind and forgiving and extending mercy and grace yes person in the mm-hmm. storyline consistently right so that is a situation where media and books helped me to say okay i need to extend grace it's possible i don't know the full story here they are more difficult to talk to i don't exactly know what i have in common you know the more shy the other parent was the more difficult mm. it was for me So I I do remember occasionally going over to some other people's houses and just like making lots of observations about, oh, you have, this is such a beautiful house. Where did you get this piece? This is, I like the arrangement of this house, you know, kind of that kind of thing. Just like
0: trying to make conversation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thinking, okay, what am I going to talk about? For me... I think in some regard, I have a little bit easier time maybe than some people because I love input and I am naturally curious. So mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this! I like the architecture of this house. Tell me more about that. And that usually opens up people to be like, oh, well, blah, 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 blah. Here's the history of this house and here's how oh we got it, you know. Right, right, so right. So I when I put that hat on, I'm usually a pretty good conversationalist because I'm pretty curious about people. And then there have been times, though, when I've left the conversation and thought, wow, that person knows not one thing about me. I I led the conversation and they told me their whole story about whatever it is. And they didn't ask me one question about myself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Which that's really interesting. I mean, you can't be friends with everyone, like close friends. Like sometimes... That seemed to have worked out because, like, from my perspective, a lot of your close friends through my growing up years ended up being, like, the moms of my close friends. Mm-hmm. Like, you really cultivated some deeper relationships there for a while. Yeah. But you don't have to do that with everyone. And, it, and that's to come back to your first story about the mom who you really respected when I didn't always get along with her daughter. Mm-hmm. At least, like, you had this connection with the mom where that doesn't sound so much like the two of you gossiping because... You trusted each other, and you then you were like co-parenting us into relationship mm-hmm. versus starting just as my third teacher said. Versus starting with the information of maybe dissension within the kids mm-hmm. and like projecting that as the opinion onto the other parents in the room, and that 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 can quickly erode the respect that you should be able to, like, consistently have for each other as, like, fellow parents of these kids growing up.
1: Yeah. And and here is something. There was a person in your midst whose parents, both parents, I deeply respected. And it clouded my judgment about the person. Because... Hmm. Everybody is individuals. And when you get to high school and then college, I wanted to extend so much goodwill to the person that was your peer Mm. that I because I valued not just like respected, but I like deeply valued everything that the parents had to say that it. It like clouded my judgment that that there's another human being in this midst, and that person might not have making their own decisions the same beliefs as their parents. Yeah. Not to mention the same behaviors. And yeah. it's as I have lived life and <laughs> seen like those different in auton- seeing people as autonomous human beings. Which so mm-hmm. when when you guys are a little in elementary school, you kind of definitely see the family as a unit, but then. Being able to individuate, I think it's important for parents to be able to individuate the kids mm. and, and not yeah. just like sweep the whole family together. To, to one end, yes, we sweep the family together. But individuals have struggles that yep. one individual in the family may not have. Another mm-hmm. individual might have. And to be aware of that and then just to have a conversation about that, which I mm-hmm. I didn't know how to do that and 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 then when you get like swept away again in the emotion of it you know it it's hard to distinguish discerning it's hard to be discerning yeah
0: it's hard to be discerning regardless <laughs> <laughs> consistently well this is that's this has all been really interesting mom i i like these takeaways that you shouldn't always take everything your child says to heart Mm -hmm. and that there are going to be a lot of good intentions behind wanting to be involved in your child's life when they invite you in Mm -hmm. but to keep your keep the hat on as the discerning adult even, even as you jump into that those like deeper stories and that yeah. your kid gets up, whipped up in.
1: Yeah, I definitely, you because I would be extending you more respect and, and autonomy mm. to say when, if I was too intermingled in your life, and your situation then I would think I understood it and I wouldn't ask you about it. Yeah. Because I would think oh, I understand all the ingredients where you're, like if you were making a recipe <laughs> I would think, okay, yeah. there's eggs and flour that went into that where you would be like oh, but mom, I separated the eggs and I whipped these these up so I had right. stiff peaks you know and so stop being curious and stop really hearing from you because I think I understand it so well yeah
0: whereas that's yeah that me that might be like the definition of gossip
1: <laughs> yeah yeah
0: you stop being curious about the rest of the context and just use this information mm. as the the bible Regard if you're talking to your kid or the other
1: parents or anyone else yeah yeah
0: a good takeaway yeah
1: <laughs> Yeah, this is a good, enlightening conversation. I don't have to shudder anymore. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) It's
0: happy this time.
1: Yes. Well, good talking to you, Ingrid. Yeah. Thanks, Mom. Have a good week.
0: Talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hi, Mom, Let's Talk. If you
1: liked hanging out with us, please rate and review us on iTunes. We'd love to hear your feedback and your support. You can find more relationship tools on our website, highmompodcast.com. If you'd like to suggest a topic or share your own story, you can DM us on Instagram at highmompodcast or write us through our website. Special thanks to Sienna Ryder for editing our podcast. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you soon.